Lecture topic: Molding the heart. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salam ala ibadhi al-ladin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahi r-Rahman r-Rahim. يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كن في الدنيا كانك غريب او عابر سبيل او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected mothers and sisters الله تبارك وتعالى blessed us with iman which is the greatest wealth that anybody can ever possess no matter what a person may have in terms of dunya for all the things of dunya are all perishable it is mentioned in one hadith sharif that on the day of qiyamah a person will be brought along who was the one who had the most amount of difficulty in terms of dunya but he is a person of jannat so the person who experienced extreme amount of pain hardship difficulty might have been financial difficulty might be physical problems might have been anything and everything and such a person but he left this dunya with iman and he was a person of piety of taqwa so he will be dipped like a person now just dipping something in one brief moment a fraction of a second this person will be dipped in jannat and then brought out and allah will ask him that did you ever experience any difficulty in the world so that brief dipping in jannah will be the effect of it will be such that he will with great conviction he'll take a qasam and say i never ever experienced any difficulty in the world that one fraction of a second for our purposes we'll just say one second that one second in jannah will be such that it will make him forget a lifetime of pain and difficulty and hardship in dunya and then a person will be brought who had the greatest amount of comfort and luxury in dunya but the person left this world without iman he was a person now destined to jahannam such a person will be dipped very very briefly in jahannam for one second and be brought out now one second in the fire of dunya sometimes we see maybe children playing if there's a candle somewhere nowadays they probably don't play with candles anymore because they're playing with all kinds of devices all the time and there's no more candles is all rechargeable lights now so the flame of the candle is probably no more than something anybody plays with but once upon a time this was a common thing if a candle if a candle was burning then a child or somebody must go and fiddle around with it and pass their finger through the flame now they're passing their finger through the flame and it's fine nothing's happening so that fire of dunya that's the effect of it that nothing if it goes fast very fast through nothing but now the fire of jahannam will be such this person will be brought and dipped in jahannam for one second for a fraction of a second and be brought out and in dunya he never ever experienced any pain he never experienced any difficulty 
But he lived his life, a life of disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, a life rejecting Allah Ta'ala. On the day of Qiyamah, after he is dipped in this manner in Jahannam and brought out, he will be asked, did you ever have any comfort in dunya, any peace, any happiness? He will say with Qasam that he never ever experienced any comfort, any peace, any happiness in dunya. The effect of that one brief moment in Jahannam, the effect of it will be such that it will make him forget a lifetime of comfort, a lifetime of joy and whatever excitement that he felt he was undergoing. Now what we learn from this is that the comforts of dunya also are very temporary and it's not going to be of any significance if a person doesn't get the comfort of akhirat. And the pain and difficulty of dunya also, we keep asking Allah Ta'ala for afiyat and we should be making dua for afiyat at all times, never asking for any difficulty. But this too is very insignificant in comparison to the akhirat. If a person had a lifetime of difficulty too, but he ended up in jannat, then this lifetime of difficulty pales into insignificance. Allah Ta'ala save us from all difficulties. Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat in our deen, afiyat in our dunya. We are too weak to ask for any difficulties. We should never even imagine such a thing. But dunya is dunya and dunya comes with all its challenges. So nevertheless, the point that we understand very clearly from this is that dunya is not a place to focus on. Sayyidah Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, the very well-known hadith sharif, where she came to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and came to request some helper somebody to assist with the household chores. Nowadays the household chores, very well, there's a good amount of work that is still required and done, but it cannot compare in any way to what was the extent of chores of that time. Nowadays there's so many things and gadgets and electronics and so many aspects to help with the day-to-day chores. In those days there was no such thing. And water had to be brought from the well on leather bag, in leather bags. The cooking was done on an open fire and the smoke and the fumes of that would be now, once in a blue moon somebody does it, they find it exciting. But do it daily, if that is the standard, it's no small thing, it's a very big thing. All the other difficult tasks, and now she had nobody to assist with all this. So she came to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and requested, came to request a helper, but at that time, Nabi Kareem was busy with some sahaba, so her inborn modesty and shame and haya did not allow her to now come in the presence of these men and express what she needed. So this haya restrained her and after all she was Sayyidah Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, the beloved daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the queen of Jannat and she was blessed with that level of haya which Nabi Kareem sallallahu on one occasion when she gave an answer upon the question that Nabi Kareem sallallahu himself asked he asked the sahaba the question that what is the best thing for a woman and they didn't know exactly what the point was so they didn't answer Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala came home and he asked his wife what is the answer to this question that Nabi Kareem sallallahu inquired what is the best thing for a woman and she gave the answer, the best thing for her is she never sees any non-mahram main person and neither any non-mahram gets to ever see her. When Hazrat Ali came back and, and 
inform Nabiya Kareem sallallahu this was the answer of Sayyidah Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha he was very happy about this extremely joyed and he said well after all she's a part of me this answer that came came from somebody who's a part of me so it's only expected that she will give this answer and she will give this wonderful reply but what we understand here is the importance of haya this was the haya that brought about that answer as well the answer came from the haya that was in the heart all these sifat, all these qualities, attributes the place that it essentially is the heart like anything else in terms of akhlaq sabr for that matter one is a person can pretend on some occasion to be adopting patience but in the heart the person is totally impatient but outwardly because of whatever the situation is because of somebody very senior in the, pro- in the presence or because of some other benefit that a person sees in just keeping quiet some worldly benefit maybe some material benefit but if that just comes out of the blue and if there is no sabr in the heart then a person cannot manage to be patient that person will blurt out something will do something because that sabr in the heart is not there if that haya in the heart is not there then something or the other will expose it somewhere the primary thing is in the heart and the heart, this is the mold what goes through the heart that's how it will come out on the other end so anything goes through the mold the same shape comes out on that side so any issue, any situation like for example this question now this question was put through put to Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha the answer came through this mold of haya she immediately replied in a way that was the best answer and this was because it came through this now she processed this in her mind in her heart and that heart and mind was imbued with the highest level of haya so this was the mold and therefore this is how it came through now likewise any situation that a person is faced in on day to day life whether it is for example hosting a little uh, get together in the home for somebody whether it is a wedding whether it is going to visit somebody whether it is anything for that matter now a person has to now deal with this situation has to attend to this matter how will we attend to it what will we do what we won't do how we'll go about doing what we want to do all that will depend what's the mold of the heart it will go through that mold if the mold of the heart is that now we must be in tune with what's happening out there in the world so everybody is doing something in a certain way and now I have to host such an occasion now as well I got to do it like how the rest of the world is now trying to compete with one another in doing it in the kind of style that they do it in the kind of emulation of the West that they do it so now that's the mold of the heart so that's how things will now be processed and therefore that's what will now happen how things will be set up what kind of gathering it will be whether it will be a mixed gathering or whether it will be a gathering where there is no mixing of men and women what kind of atmosphere will prevail in that place what kind of environment will be created for that period of time all this will depend on what's the mold of the heart because that's where the whole thing is going to be processed to start off with that do this, don't do this have this, don't have this all that will be processed from in the heart so her heart was imbued with haya on a very high level and automatically this question now was processed through that mold and this is the answer that came so in any case 
she came away without asking anything to Nabiya Kareem sallallahu Later on, Nabiya Kareem sallallahu himself came to their home and he inquired that you had come. Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala had informed Nabiya Kareem sallallahu that she had come for this purpose or she had come for some, some work. In any case, when, when Nabiya Kareem sallallahu came to their home, Ali radiallahu ta'ala explained that this was the issue I had sent her to come and request for somebody to help, to assist because of all these difficult tasks and difficult tasks in a way where it was now having a, a, an impact on her physically as well now who is she? she is the queen of Jannat that glad tiding which she was given while on earth in this life she was already given this glad tiding that she will be the queen of Jannat and she is the daughter of none other than Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam. the slightest indication, let alone a clear expressing a clear wish or some request to anybody the slightest indication let alone with any words just with some gesture also that my daughter is in this kind of difficulty anyone who could have done anything would have sacrificed their entire life to sort them out first make them comfortable make them uh, be in a way that they are without any difficulty in dunya but now this issue comes up in front of Rasulullah sallallahu that she requires somebody to assist with the household chores etc and the chores of that zamana and that time nowadays a good amount of the chores there's other things as well no doubt but a good amount of the chores are to press some buttons and then the rest of it then takes its own process so any case when this comes in front of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that this was the purpose of her coming so he asked them that should I not tell you something that is better for you than a servant, than a helper? And what is that? Nabi Kareem Salaam then teaches them what we commonly refer to as Tasbih Fatimi. Reciting that Subhanallah 33 times, Alhamdulillah 33 times, and Allahu Akbar 34 times. Nabi Kareem Salaam says that is Khairun Lakuma Min Khadimin. Is better for you all than a Khadim, than a helper, than a servant. What is her reaction? Her reaction, she could have if she wanted to, she would have said, I'll read this, I'll decide this, but you can give me a helper as well. And this was within the capacity of Nabi Karim Salaam, if not immediately because captives were coming from time to time, so he could have left it for a later time. That and this too she came when there was some message that they were captives. But Nabi Karim Salaam gave preference to others that the Ansar, the uh, various other people who were there, the Muhajireen, give them the preference. So pass these helpers on to others. So now he's giving preference to others over his daughter. She could have said, well, okay, I'll wait for another time. And he could have also said, okay, next time. But he's saying, he's presenting the Tasbihat. And he's saying, this is better for you than a Khadim. And say the Fatima radiallahu ta'ala, is wholeheartedly accepting this and she is very happy about it and she is very pleased to receive this in place of what she asked now Ali radiallahu ta'ala he says from that day now when he was mentioning this to his students was many many years later perhaps maybe 25, 30, 40 years later because now this was in the time of his khilafat so this was lesson learnt in the time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu and now in the time of his Khilafat, at least 30 years later, he is saying to his students, from that day, 
to this day not a single night I have missed reciting these tasbihat this is the eagerness and the zeal with which they took it if he was doing this we can well uh, take it for granted that Sayyidah Fatima was doing it as well without fail every night now what lesson we take from this is that she had a very valid need it wasn't some comfort it wasn't some luxury of dunya that she was asking for it wasn't some uh, very very big demand of some sort it was a very basic request but in place of that she was given these tasbihat she was given something that will connect her with Allah wa ta'ala, which will take her to the highest stages of akhirat and which will become a means of even physical strength because this is the barakat of these tasbihat she accepted that wholeheartedly what was the lesson that was given to the ummah in this that don't focus yourself on dunya focus yourself on akhirat whatever ni'mat Allah ta'ala blesses one by all means something comes in a halal manner we are too weak to adopt that level of zuhud and abstinence that the sahaba ikram adopted but the heart must be focused towards akhirat we use those ni'mats, make shukr to Allah ta'ala inshallah that shukr will also take a person closer to Allah ta'ala don't ever misuse those ni'mats don't use the ni'mats and bounties of Allah ta'ala to break Allah ta'ala's commands but use it in a way that will benefit oneself benefit others as well but the heart is not to be attached to dunya the heart to akhirat and when the heart will be attached to akhirat then no matter what situation comes up whether it is a situation of ease or adversity prosperity Allah forbid poverty whether it is health or sickness whether it is a wedding or a funeral whether it is any other matter in life the most important factor in a person's life would be that how to please Allah Ta'ala in this situation because the focus is akhirat and Allah Ta'ala must be pleased the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala that's the greatest thing so now this would become the focus of life how to make our akhirat how to earn Allah Ta'ala's pleasure in dunya so that we make our akhirat Allah Ta'ala is pleased and we have everything Allah is displeased we have nothing so now a person who has this focus and this purpose in mind that I need to please Allah wa Ta'ala then everything will now the concern would be that whatever I am doing the command of Allah Ta'ala is the most important thing I must not cross that line in any way the Mubarak way of Nabi Kareem Wasallam, that's the most important thing that must not be crossed in any way then some sacrifices will come around sometimes if I should undertake that sacrifice we'll undertake it we don't ask for it we don't wish for difficulties and challenges but we are ready to do what it takes to please Allah Ta'ala so when this becomes the mindset of a person then it doesn't matter what the situation is as mentioned whether it's ease or adversity whether it's prosperity or poverty and likewise whether it is the weak end or some other end middle of the week or end of the week whether it's middle of the year or end of the year whether it is Ramadan or December that doesn't make a difference yes it will make a difference in the sense that if it's Ramadan a person now will exert himself even more 
But it won't make a difference anyway in compromising anything. That well now it's December now. So everybody is all over the show. And everybody is doing anything and everything. So now why I must get left out? I can take it life easy a bit. And also now can't become too strict about everything. But our those are all words that just deceive us. When we say don't be too strict, what we actually meaning that do some wrong also. One is to be strict in the sense that one is exerting oneself to what is not so um, incumbent and compulsory, but yet yet a person is now forcing that upon oneself. So if somebody has that capacity, very good. And if somebody is not of that capacity to do things on that very high level, but they're not compromising deen in any way. So say, okay, you just uh, do how much is manageable. You don't have to exert yourself to that level which is beyond your capacity. But don't compromise deen in any way. But when we say don't be too strict about things, our concept of that is that certain things you can do it wrong also, it's fine. Certain things you can cross the line is okay. Whereas that is never okay. That is never ever something acceptable. So in any case, coming back to what we were discussing is that the mindset, the heart, the heart's focus towards akhirat, how to please Allah wa ta'ala. This was the concern of the azwaj mutahharat of the sahabiyat, of the sahaba in general, of the pious predecessors, that whatever it is, if there's some personal sacrifice to make, we are ready to make it, but the greatest, important, most important aspect is Allah Ta'ala must be pleased. On one occasion, Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, she saw Nabi Kareem Salaam very happy. So now, seeing the husband happy, after all her husband was the Nabi of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. But she was a wife after all. And when a wife sees the husband happy, there's many things that would run through her mind. This is the right time to ask. And now if a wife asks for something, so now what will she ask? Some things that she was feeling a little hesitant to ask maybe at other times. This is on a general note. So now the right time to ask for that particular thing that she wanted to buy maybe something that now the husband was being a bit little bit hard about he didn't want to part with his money to pay for that so now this is the right time to strike the same must strike when the iron is hot so now that happy mood this is the right time she, she saw Nabi Kareem Salaam happy she asked as well she was a wife as well she asked but what did she ask for she asked for dua now can we imagine she could have asked other things too it was would be fine within limits. But all she asked for was dua. So Nabi Kareem Salaam made dua for her. Allahumma khfir li Aishata ma taqaddama min zambiha wa ma taakhar wa ma asarrat wa ma a'lanat. Allah you forgive Aisha all her past and future open and secret. Not that necessarily anything was there. But this is a dua. If there's anything, Allah you forgive it. So if we ask for something and we just get dua, so we might say, okay, very good, but what else? So, mashallah, the dua is there, but now, you know, what else? Whereas the dua is it. So when she heard this dua, she became so overjoyed that she couldn't contain her happiness. As a result, she, her head came down into her lap. Rabbi Kareem Salaam asked her, Has my dua made you happy? O Aisha. So she replied, Yes. After all, what is dua? 
So Nabi Kareem Salaam said to her, Innaha la da'wati li ummati ba'da kulli salatin. This is the dua I make for my ummah after every salah. This is the dua I make for my ummah after every salah. Now the person who has this in front of him, that this was the concern of my Nabi Kareem Salaam Salaam for me as an ummati and for the entire ummah in general. Now what should I be doing to please Allah wa ta'ala and to earn the pleasure of Nabi Kareem Salaam so that on the day of Qiyamah I gain the water of Kawsar from his Mubarak hand, I gain his Shafaat and intercession because on the day of Qiyamah nobody else is going to come to help anyone. All those who we sometimes do things to please them so that they will say, MashaAllah what a wonderful function you had and you did it in grand style and they'll give us some words of praise for doing things in the wrong way. They are not going to come on the day of Qiyamah. On that day, فَلَا أَنْسَابَ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمَ إِذِيُّ وَلَا يَتَسَاءَلُونَ Let alone friends and associates and somebody else, even our own near and dear ones will have nothing to do with us. Those people who were coaching us and who were pushing us forward, you do this in this manner and do that in that manner, making us compromise deen, compromise the Mubarak way of Nabi Kareem wasallam, and making us feel that that's the right thing to do. Because in a place where everything is going upside down, then the right thing looks odd. There's one story, the story is just for the moral of it. One person went to live out of some need, he had to go to live in one faraway place. When he got there, now this place isolated from everyone. So he had to go and spend some time there. He got there, he found a very strange thing. And he's seeing all the people there, the tips of their noses are cut. So in other words, when a child is born or something, there must be cutting the tip of the nose. Obviously it looks very funny and looks strange. Now he's seeing all these people here with the nose cut. Now that's abnormal. It's obvious. That's not normal. But for them, everybody was looking the same. So they were all feeling very comfortable with this abnormality. Now this person came, he's seeing the strange situation here. But then he realized, after one, two days, every now and again he's overhearing, somebody is making a comment about his nose. And they're laughing about it. Then somebody's nudging the other person. Look at this fellow's nose. Now his nose was normal. And these people were abnormal. But now after one comment, two comments, ten comments, he decided also in big inverted commas to become normal. Now how long I'm going to carry on here? These people are making a fun mockery of me. So he too went and cut the tip of his nose. So now he too became normal. Obviously this kind of normal, who wants to be that kind of normal? But... In a situation where things are all going abnormal, the normal seems out of place. The normal seems like something is not in order. So now people who want to become so-called normal, they too, they disfigure themselves. One is disfiguring oneself physically, can be imagined, we disfigure the deen of Nabi Kareem wasallam In order to fit in with society's styles, their dressing styles, the manner of doing things and as a result we compromise the deen of Nabi Kareem sallallahu what was his level of concern how much he sacrificed for his ummah what hardships and difficulty he went under how much he saw his own near and dear one suffering in order so that deen could reach the ummah at large and this is the end result that the ummah now takes on that because the style has become different the western lifestyle has crept in whether it's in the manner of dressing in particular, that the haya that has gone out of that dressing, 
and the western style of dressing that has become the the way of life for many whereas in the hadith sharif nabi karim says la'ana allahu al-mutashabbihin min ar-rijal bin-nisa wal-mutashabbihin min an-nisa bil-rijal aw kama qala an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam those men who emulate women they emulate women in whichever manner then allah's la'nat upon them and likewise those women who emulate men who imitate men allah's la'nat upon them the muhaddisin explain the in the commentary of this whether it is for example in the manner of dressing now there are certain manners of dressing which are known to be a male's way of dressing but now people say but this is no more the same it's all meaning is no more distinct it's all the same it's not all the same it has become an emulation essentially and primarily certain dressing is male dressing and certain dressing is female dressing now if one man goes and wears something which is distinctly female so everybody will make him the laughing stock and they'll say something is wrong with this person but if a woman wears the kind of clothing that a man that's distinctly male dressing they'll say she's advanced she's very progressive she is not now somebody that's you know being just taken for granted she has asserted herself whereas in the hadith sharif nabi karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam is saying allah taala's laanat upon those men who imitate women those women who imitate men now this is how severe the matter is but because of the way that the society goes how people start doing things how people start dressing how they start holding their functions how they start conducting themselves in the times of holiday season so called holiday seasons so now others many just follow just go with the flow and just get carried away by whatever is going on whereas we have been blessed with the most perfect deen and there is nothing that can compare in any way to the purity to the to the goodness to the baraka in every matter of deen so this is what we have to adopt so the issue again comes down to what is the heart what is the mold that has been created in the heart the things around us the environment what we read what we look at what we listen to all these things impact on the heart and this molds the heart now a person is all the time reading about things which are of that nature the western lifestyle western type of doing things and reading that listening to that being in that kind of company those kind of circles so gradually that becomes the thinking that becomes the preference that becomes what a person gives preference over what nabi akram sallallahu gave what is what a dangerous matter that a person now decides to leave aside what nabi akram sallallahu gave and choose something which somebody else gave whereas the underlying reason is what that i think feel that is something now better nauzubillah to adopt once there was one one signboard or there was something advertising something advertising a shoe so now there was just big writing on that board that writing was that speak less say more and now one picture of one shoe is there so in other words now the shoe if somebody now wears this shoe so he's speaking less meaning he's not even speaking anything but he's saying a lot what he's saying you see i'm in style so i'm wearing this so i'm not behind i'm with the times so now that's all just um, emotive language just to, in order to get people to part with their money 
and to make them buy things that they don't even need and in order to impress people they don't like that's what often happens they say we buy things we don't need sometimes with money we don't have meaning borrowing the money also so buying things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like now we got a problem with someone but that person bought something so now I have to show that person I can do better I don't even have the money for it I'm going to borrow from somebody just to show the person I can do better than you so now to impress somebody I don't like now this becomes a chakkar after that and in this one loses one's deen one loses one's dunya also because now the person is caught up in debts now because he had to do that wedding in that style had to do this in, now he's overloaded with debts and now he's in a severe financial problem where it stemmed from that now we want to follow in the lifestyle of somebody else so Allah wa ta'ala has blessed us with this Mubarak deen this is the most valuable asset that we have the greatest wealth that we possess our iman, our deen this is what we have to hold on to very very firmly we don't get affected by what people are saying what people are doing we don't get affected by other people's styles we stay firm on the Mubarak way of Nabi Kareem wasallam. this is what's going to be of benefit to us in dunya also what's going to be of benefit to us in akhirat the beauty of the sunnah and the benefit of the sunnah the barakah of the sunnah this is beyond imagination we will not realize it initially we may not realize it immediately but it is beyond you cannot put a any kind of description to it that how tremendously great this is Allah Ta'ala opens it out sometimes to someone then they see it there have been so many incidents let alone a person with Iman even disbelievers they saw the, the beauty of the Sunnah and they saw what great goodness is in it there have been several instances of this nature that somebody just observed a janaza. there was one incident somewhere in northern Natal one person passed away, he was a new Muslim, he had been a Muslim for a couple of years and he passed away, when he passed away so now he had no family but he had made it known that he wants to be buried as a Muslim so none of his family members were Muslim so in any case the community, the, they went up to the family and said look he was a Muslim so they agreed, they said yes we know very well he was a Muslim so fine you can do what the necessary is but the chief of the area he first said, no, no, I want to also see what's, what you are doing. Meaning he took it as his responsibility now, that this person was nevertheless part of his tribe or whatever, so now what are they going to do with him? They must not do something that he is not meaning, feeling uncomfortable about. So in any case, he came along. So he came, he observed now how they were giving ghusl, the kafan, etc., and now the janaza. So now, mashallah, whoever was there in the community, many of them came, so he observed everything so then he asked them now the janaza was about to take place so they were waiting for something so he said well what next now so he said well now we are going to make the janaza salah we are going to pray for him and then after that we are going to bury him so he wanted to know that is this what you all did for him what you all do for everyone what he thought was that this is what they term as a pauper's funeral now they just washed him and they just put him in a coffin and now they are going to bury him now they got a style of their own one very expensive coffin will be bought and then they will buy one suit and what not will be done so he wanted to know whether this was what is done for everybody now he was the chief of the area and he's asking this question 
No, this is for everybody. This is how it's done for everyone. Whether it's a king, whether it's anybody, this is the way it will be done. He accepted Islam on this. He said, if this is how it's done, and this is the simplicity, but it was in that simplicity was the beauty of deen. In that simplicity was the beauty of the Mubarak Sunnah of Nabi Kareem Wasallam. If something is simple, that just simple is not necessarily going to attract. But there's a beauty in it. It's that beauty that attracted. It's not necessarily that something can be described. What's this beauty? But somebody who opens their eyes, they'll see the beauty. Somebody who has that insight, they'll see it as well. So now this is just one aspect, like this in every aspect of life. When the Mubarak Sunnah will be upheld, that beauty will be perceived. Anything of beauty, it gives off a good feeling. Person sees a beautiful scenery, beautiful flower somewhere. So likewise, the beauty of the Sunnah creates a good feeling. So now in a home, the Sunnah is being upheld. When the Sunnah is being upheld, there will be that feeling of happiness. There will be that muhabba, that good understanding. The hearts will be bonded. If a person goes somewhere and it's, there's a terrible stench, feel uncomfortable. Others around will feel uncomfortable. You won't feel like sitting there and talking to each other. They have a hearty conversation here. Share a meal here. Just feel totally disinclined. From, don't want to be anywhere there. But if there's a very good, nice setting, some good scenery around, whatever the case is, the person feels comfortable, he's sitting down there very comfortably, having a nice chat with his friend, whatever. Likewise, when the beauty of the sunnah is alive in a home, the beauty of deen is present in a home, it's not something that the physical eyes may not necessarily see, but the heart perceives it. When that beauty is there, the fragrance of deen is around, then the fragrance of deen will make that atmosphere wonderful and make it happy but just as righteous actions have this beauty in it have this fragrance in it sin has a stench in it in the hadith sharif it is mentioned that when a person lies he speaks a lie which is a very very major sin now that lie has such an effect it gives us such a stench from the mouth of the person that the malaika who are the pure angel, the angels pure makhluk of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala they flee to the extent of one mile. Or to the extent of one mile they flee. Due to the stench. They can't stand it. They go so far away. Now that is a lesson that this is disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. It carries a negative effect. It's just that insan cannot, cannot perceive it with his physical senses. But the malaika, they are a ruhani creation. They, they are a Nurani creation, they are from Noor so they perceive it but the hearts get affected by it physically humans don't see it, don't feel it but that stench is something not to do with the physical senses that is why the Malaika sense it and likewise the heart, heart is linked to Ruhaniyat so now when there is a negative sensation in the atmosphere the heart senses it and the heart becomes uneasy now in a home, when the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala is taking place, some haram is being watched, all kinds of other things are happening, then that atmosphere becomes contaminated. It becomes negative. And then that happiness goes away. 
Now people are loggerheads with one another. This is why in one hadith sharif, Hazrat Abu Huraira his, his statement, and these are statements of the Sahaba which they could have only learned from Nabi Karim sallallahu They are unable to bring this out from their own pocket somewhere. They have derived it from the teachings of Nabi Karim sallallahu So he says that home, Al-Baytul Ladi Yutla Fihil Quran, that home wherein the Quran Sharif is recited, Tilawat of the Quran Sharif takes place. Then that home, the that home becomes very uh, comfortable for its inhabitants. Ittasa'a ala ahlihi. Becomes comfortable, literally translated, it expands. But now if a home is a certain size, does it mean it's going to double up? Person comes out to see now, my home got wider, maybe it's encroaching into the neighbor's yard already. That doesn't happen obviously. But that home, no matter how small or big it might be, the purpose of the home maskan. The purpose of that is sukoon. Wallahu ja'ala lakum min buyutikum sakana. That home becomes a place of sukoon, a place of happiness, tranquility, peace. The person enters the home and feels comfortable. Sometimes it's the most basic home, most simple, doesn't have any furniture in it. Everything is of the most basic level. But it's home. Person comes and has a comfortable sleep in that place. He is feeling comfortable, he's feeling relaxed. Why? Because it's not just a house, it's a home. So now he's feeling very at, much at ease. So that home wherein the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif takes place, ittasa'ala ahlihi. It becomes a place which becomes very comfortable for the person. The malaika come into that home. The shayateen flee away from that home. And it becomes a place of peace, of happiness. And that home where the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif doesn't take place, ala ahlihi. It becomes constrained. It might be a palatial home, but there's just no feeling of peace in it. It's becoming claustrophobic. It's becoming a place of unease. And our person wants to flee from there. And the malaika leave that home. The shayateen come and inhabit that home. If the shayateen are filled in that home, the malaika have left. What is going to be the atmosphere in there? How is there going to be any muhabbat? The shayateen, what is their job? To create trouble all the time. To create problems and difficulties. So this becomes the end result. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So, the lesson in all this is that to the extent we bring deen alive in our lives, in our homes, in our families, to that extent, dunya also will become a place of happiness for us. This is in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala Himself has declared it. Whoever, male or female, Iman and Amal Saliha. Iman and Amal Saliha. Iman is obviously the foundation, but together with it, a'mal saliha, righteous actions. On the combination of this, Allah Ta'ala's promise is, فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا We'll give him حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا A good life, an excellent life. Excellent life is not dependent on the comforts and luxuries of life, on the comforts and luxuries of dunya. This is asbab rahat All the means of comfort, but comfort is something in the heart. Peace and happiness is something in the heart, it's not in the means. If there's peace in the heart, then a person will enjoy the means also. But if their heart is in turmoil, then these things will be the best of food will be tasteless. The best of scenery will be nothing. So the most important thing is to develop the heart and to connect the heart to Allah Taala. To the extent that the heart is connected to Allah Taala, and we uphold the Mubarak Sunnah of Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
we make his way of life the most important thing to us to uphold his way of life because he is the being that has done so much for us he is closer to us than our own parents ourselves he is closer to us than ourselves so we should be giving the highest priority to that which Nabi Kareem taught us and not compromising his Mubarak way for anybody else's way in this way we will do ourselves a favor we don't do anybody else a favor the favor is to ourselves our lives will become very valuable our lives will become filled with barakah and blessings our life will become such that we will see the real essence of life and it will become a purposeful life otherwise that life will just become just a routine and without any purpose and direction whereas our purpose and our direction is akhirat that is what we have to make this is a short life we have in the short life we have to make our akhirat Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we take to heart the teachings of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa whatever Allah has given us in the Quran Sharif and whatever is in the Mubarak Sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi and his Mubarak teachings we take it to heart we try our utmost to live up to this we make some mistakes somewhere we make sincere tawbah we turn to Allah Ta'ala we are all very weak we have our weaknesses we have our faults we are never perfect but we must have our direction right and strive to get closer to the goal when we will get there Allah knows but that must be the road we keep moving on we don't divert from that road all the things that might be happening on the left and right somebody's style and somebody's way and somebody's custom and somebody's whatever else they are doing we keep on that road then inshallah whatever some mistakes we have made Allah will bless us with the tawfiq of Tawbah as well Allah out of His grace and mercy will forgive us May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala accept one and all Allah ta'ala keep us steadfast on Iman and Islam Allah tabarak wa ta'ala raise us on perfect Iman and on the day of Qiyamah Allah ta'ala make us among His raise us with Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the Sahaba Kiram all the awliya of the Ummad and make us among those who gain Jannat without any reckoning wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله